Welcome back to Braise Up. As you know, it's time to increase the tension and the fire of the gospel in our hearts. And I'm, I'm still your host here, Juchi Mubi. Let's dive right in and get blessed. Today we're talking on a topic that I titled, Why Pray for Afghanistan? Okay, why pray for Afghanistan? A whole lot has been happening of recent to the church um, all around the world, especially Afghanistan. And I believe the Spirit of the Lord wants to sensitize the church here in Nigeria, in U.S. and other nations where there is freedom of worship. He wants to sensitize us because it seems like we are beginning to lose sight of the fact that we are under attack. Yes, I said we including those in Nigeria and U.S. and everywhere. The church is under attack and it is increasing in these last days. It is increasing in these last days. Why did I say we? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. If one member suffers, all suffers. I'm reading with the Amplified Bible. And if one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all the members share in the enjoyment. You see, we are one body. We are the body of Christ. If a part of us is suffering, it means that all of us are suffering. It is not just something we say. That is what it is. We are the body of Christ. And let me tell you something. It is only a sick body that will not notice that a part of it is hurting. That is why some people call the 21st century church a leprous church. Because we don't even know. We don't care about what is happening in the field. We don't care about what is happening to our fellow believers in the faith. Or in other, in, I mean, in other nations. And so, the purpose of this um, podcast today is to sensitize the church and let us see that we are actually under attack. It is not just the church in Afghanistan or in Pakistan or in Asia that is under attack. It is the whole body of Christ that is under attack. Jesus said, if you do this to um, this, uh, your brethren here, you are doing it to me. So Jesus counts all of us as one body. Hallelujah. You see, the nation of Afghanistan, I'm going to give you some, tell you a, a couple of things that's happening right now in that nation uh, so, do you, so that you know, um, just for for your information for you to know in case you want to do further research the sources of my information to in today's podcast is coming from three major places of course there are many other places but three major areas one is bbc.com second one is amnesty.org okay the third one is persecution.com hallelujah so we are uh, so that's where i'm picking all these things up so you don't be like where is he getting these things from you can go and check them up yourself you see there is strong opposition in Afghanistan today due to Islam, I mean, Islamic terrorist groups, one which is ISIS and then the Talibans. But what I'm, I'm focusing on the Talibans today because currently that is what is happening, that is what is getting the ascendancy in that place. Who are the Talibans? The Talibans are uh, a terrorist group, sort of, that arose, they emerged sort of in 1990s Okay, in the 1990s, and um, they took over power properly or officially in about 19, as about 1996. 
okay 1996 they came up after the civil war afghanistan um civil war they arose in 1990 and then after some time after some fights they finally took over power and that taking over power brought about a massive decrease in the growth of the church or any other religion at all and much persecution with high level of brutality okay they, they, it brought about a high level of persecution and brutality in the nation and all that so and as things kept on going on in 2001 after the 9-11 attack on the u.s government okay they they, they intervened in what is happening in afghanistan as the u.s intervened and of course supporting democracy and um that this this particular move gave room gave room to the um, spread of the gospel gave more room to the spread of the gospel in that place uh do at a very minimal rate but we noticed that after that time the gospel began to gain a little increase or a little ground in afghanistan you see and um, the u.s government managed to maintain this particular level of um, peace uh, in afghanistan from 2001 from 2001 up until this year 2021 why is it up until this year is because as you already know a whole lot is going on what is actually happening right now is that the talibans have taken over power again in afghanistan following the um, a peace treaty that, that they had with the u.s government and all that and as usual I mean, they are already breaking the treaty. Okay, they were supposed to keep the peace. They were supposed to maintain the peace in Afghanistan and all that. So it was like the U.S. withdrew their their force or from Afghanistan, and a whole lot of things started going wrong. And as I'm talking to you now, there's a lot of brutality going on in Afghanistan today, right now, as we are talking. One of which is that uh, between 4th to 6th of July this year. Being 2021, nine people from the Hazara uh, group or the Hazara uh, community sort of were killed brutally in Afghanistan. And just for your information, this is the ethnic group, okay? This is the ethnic group that has the most successes when it comes to the spread of the gospel. The church has the highest ground in this particular ethnic group in Afghanistan. And so, that is to tell you that these things are not just uh, uh, it's not just a matter of chance it didn't just happen by chance okay six of them were shot and three of them were tortured to death including one who was strangled okay so a whole lot has been happening and um according to agnes kalamad that is the secretary general of the amnesty international that is um, a, a a french human rights expert she she made two two profound statements one which was that he said the cold-blooded brutality of these killings is a reminder of the taliban's past record and a horrifying indicator of what taliban rule may bring secondly she said these targeted killings are proof that ethnic and religious minorities remain at particular risk under taliban rule in afghanistan and and i add that this includes Christianity. Now, I want to show you a little bit. Let me just leave the whole story and show you a little bit of how this particular thing we're talking about affects the church in Afghanistan. The good news of Christ, okay, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ reached Afghanistan at about the second century. But today, as I'm talking to you, there is no single church building in Afghanistan. 
okay and there are cultural and all forms of religious oppositions to the gospel and um, these things has brought about a lot of um, uh, decrease in the growth of the church in Afghanistan okay that uh, we have more Muslims more people being dragged into Islam by force some of them are indoctrinated to follow uh, Muhammad's teaching without questioning and all that and so this has uh, this has brought about a lot of decline in the growth of the gospel in Afghanistan uh, nevertheless we still have um, people who are laboring tirelessly in Afghanistan to see that the gospel of Christ keeps on increasing as I said before, especially in this Hazara, the Hazara people there, we are beginning to have house churches. Churches in people's houses holding and they are growing at least until now. At least until now because since after all these things started, since the Taliban came back into power, it's as if everything is put to a stop right now. We know that the major religion they have there is Islam. At least 99.8% of Afghans are Muslims, okay? They are all Muslims and the truth is, for believers in Afghanistan, is a whole lot. Because the, the persecutors range from both local and national governments, okay? They are really antagonistic about Christians and, um, and um, many other extremist groups like the Taliban, as we mentioned, ISIS and all that. In fact, family and friends of those believers are actually Taliban persecutors. Let me just show you a little bit of what it means to be a Christian, to be a believer in Afghanistan. Okay, number one, you must know that Afghan Christians, of course we have Christians there who are laboring and trying their best, but you see, it is highly prohibited to worship openly. You can't worship openly, you must worship in either homes or very small venues so that you won't be noticed. Because once you are noticed, it is a death sentence. Okay, okay, Christians are, are highly secretive about their faith in this place and all that. A, 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 a number of believers are martyred every single year in Afghanistan. People keep on dying in their numbers. Some radical Muslims go ahead killing people, killing Christians, and um, even to have a Bible is a huge crime there in Afghanistan. I'm not saying these things just for your information. I'm saying this to let you see that there is a need for you to do something. There is a need for you to rise and do something. Right now, we have a lot of people working there in Afghanistan. We have people like Voice of the Matters doing a whole lot of things there, trying to provide Bibles and TV channels because Afghan Christians cannot even have a Bible. They just have to access it through the internet. And so we have people doing a lot of things from outside. Some are camping in nearby nations to help preach this gospel to Afghan believers. The truth is that the, the average Afghan citizen does not know a believer, does not know a Christian. And he said, has not heard the gospel, does not even know anybody who is a believer. Not to talk of hearing the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I'm saying this not for your information, as I said before, but to let you know. And the church is under attack. You are under attack. And if you are not seeing it like this, if you are not seeing it as, in, as that you are under attack, then the chances are that you as a church, you have become leprous. Okay? You have become insensitive to the, to the, to the heartbeat of God, to the sufferings of the saints. 
Corinthians. Let me read again in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 26. And I'm reading with KJV. And whether one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And one member, okay, or one member may be honored, all members rejoice with it. The same way we are rejoicing in the growth of Christianity in other parts of the nations. We are to grieve and do something about the decline of the gospel in Afghanistan, despite the labor of many saints over there. So the question I, I usually I usually ask is, what can I do? I'm just here in Nigeria. I'm just here in Ghana. I'm just here in US or UK or England or wherever I am or wherever you are. What can you do about this? You see, what I usually tell people, there are places where you cannot go, maybe by virtue of some things, maybe finance or, or all that, or means. If you can't go and you can't support financially, at least, at the barest minimum, you can pray. You can pray. You can pray. I'm saying it over and over again so that you see that it is not just a small part of the work. You can really pray and prayer is a major, major part of the work. You can pray. Um, um, in the book of Amos, I'm going to read the book of Amos chapter 6 from verse 1. It said, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. He said, Woe unto these people. You see, he said, Woe to these people. Why? Because they are at ease in Zion. Zion was a place where that it was a national well walled and fenced, and so people are safe inside it. And, and so Amos said, Prophet and said, Woe to them that are at ease in Zion. If you are in Nigeria, in this part of the country, uh, where there is peace, or in, you are wherever you are in, in, in the world, and there is peace for you as a believer, and because of that, you are at ease and you are not bothered about what is happening, that is not the call of God for you. Hallelujah. God wants us to become restless about what is happening in these places and do something to help them. The peace you have in your nation is for you to help bring peace to other nations. I say, I, 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 I say this and I keep on saying this, and say, saying that complacency is the sin of the 21st century church. Complacency is the sin. This is what the Spirit of the Lord laid in my heart tonight as I was preparing for this. It's just the word just came straight like this. It was as if I heard it in my ear. Say, complacency is the sin of the 21st century church. We act like everything is okay when nothing is actually okay. We act like we are fine. The church is doing well. And at the slightest perception that someone wants to prick your heart about the, the persecution of the church on and around the places, you, you become resentful about it. See, the church is under attack. You are under attack. Because the church is, we are all one body. If one member is suffering, all of us are suffering. Instead of pretending that all is well and relaxing, you can choose to respond like Nehemiah today. The Bible said in the book of Nehemiah, when he heard about what was happening, the fall of Israel and all that, the Bible said he began to pray. He went to pray immediately and after prayer, he said, what can I do? He stepped down to that place, quit his job and started doing something. At the barest minimum, you can pray. The first response to this should be prayer. Heartfelt, fervent prayer for these ones. People are dying every day. These are human beings. When you hear 10 people killed, 9 people killed, 20 people killed, it is not chicken. It is human beings. It is human beings who are dying. It is human beings who are being killed. And it is your brothers, people who are laboring for the gospel. And at the barest minimum, you can pray for them. 
you can, like Daniel, take up the mandate and say, the time for deliverance is here. The time for salvation of Afghanistan is here. We must begin to pray that this Taliban rule must come to an end. God should do something about it. Pray all manner of prayer that one, the safety of the saints there, the growth of the church there, more missionaries sent to these places. Just pray fervently as the Lord would lay in your heart for these ones. And I'm telling you, your prayers work. Your prayers will go a long way. It is not just mere words. God said, if you shall ask anything, God will deliver it to you. Psalm chapter, chapter 2 verse 8 said, ask and I will give you the nations for inheritance. Afghanistan is a nation. You can ask for her. You can ask for her. I, can, I, I have a lot of details about it, but I don't want to go ahead and bore you with all those things. But see, we must begin to pray. And I want, as I close this particular episode, I want you that is listening to me to make a commitment to begin to pray about the saints in Afghanistan and other persecuted nations all over the world. You must begin to pray for them. Make a commitment in your heart and say, Lord, I'm going to be praying for those ones. I'm going to be praying for those ones. I'm going to do everything I can to see even if I can't go directly to them now, I will do something that will move the world, the, the, the gospel closer to the people. At least around me first, then as we as we pray for Afghanistan, as we pray for Pakistan, as we pray for the Asian continent, these ones are people for whom Christ died, and we cannot, as a church, ignore them. We cannot ignore them. If you want to make this commitment and you want to join us. Um, in making this commitment because we have a commitment to pray for one nation every week and we all meet um, online to pray um, every Wednesday for that particular nation even as we pray on our own every other day. If you want to get involved in this commitment, you want to be involved to join us in the prayer, um, let us help you keep the commitment. Uh, I want you to just leave a voice message for me, um, and I'm going to um, reach out to you and add you to the group and we become begin to pray together. This is not a joke. The nations must be reached and first of all we reach them on our knees and then we go and meet them. God bless you. You called me by name You gave me your word And it's burning inside of my heart I'm ready to go with faith in my heart wherever you lead I leave for you Jesus I glorify Jesus I shout your fame Jesus I'm totally committed to you I speak of your love I sing of your grace So the whole world will know your name I'm ready to go Announcing your mercy in your faithfulness, I live for you, Jesus.
Jesus, I glorify Jesus, I shout your faith, Jesus, I'm totally committed to you, no debt, no height, no anything shall separate me, shall separate me, no trouble, trial, persecution shall separate me from your love, no debt, no height, no anything shall separate me, shall separate me, no trouble, trial, persecution shall separate me from your love no death no hide no anything shall separate me shall separate me no trouble trial persecution shall separate me from your Jesus, yes, Lord. I shout your favor in all the earth, Jesus. I'm totally committed to you. I live for you, Jesus. I glorify. I glorify Jesus. I shout your faith, Jesus. I'm totally committed to you, to you, Jesus. To you, Jesus. Totally committed. Thank you, Jesus. 